welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version. I interview amazing women and they share with us their tips for becoming your, their best version. So today I have Boston-based Liz Solar. She's a voice actor who can be heard on commercials, interactive apps, audiobooks, and corporate narrations for regional and global brands. She has produced and participated in many storytelling events and produces and hosts the Embark podcast. Her mission is to share stories, both personal and universal, to promote understanding, empathy, and a little more conversation. Liz coaches reluctant speakers to communicate with more confidence, power, and grace. Her signature talks include no is not a four-letter word. A founder and contributor to the writer's blog, Acts of Revision, she is completing her first novel. As I mentioned, she lives in the greater Boston area with her husband and Golden Doodle studio manager named Jesse. Welcome, Liz. Maria, thank you so much for having me and counting me among amazing women. There are days that we don't always feel amazing, but it's nice when someone tells us that. Oh, well, I know for a fact that you are. I've been following your work. Liz and I met while being featured in a women's conference called Her Story, and I got to hear her inspirational words, and we kept in touch. So I love how we are able to cross-pollinate on projects and talk about our challenges and our upcoming um, ventures. So thank you for being part of my supportive sisters. Thank you. You know, Maria, what one of the, this is one of the gifts of this crazy from early 2020 is meeting people. I don't know that I would have met you or it would have taken a lot longer to have met you. And so I so appreciate all of these connections that are happening over little screens. Yes, yes, so true. So for I know that you used to be a broadcaster. Tell our listeners how you got your start in the voice industry. Well, I will tell you something. I will backtrack to when I was a little girl. I was the kid who, you know how people have loveys that they oh. take little stuffed animals? I had a transistor radio <laughs> that I would keep under my pillow. So I've always loved to listen to music and listen to the radio and hear these disembodied voices come out. And there was something very comforting about that as a kid. Um, also, I did not speak out loud in public until I was about 11 years old. So I was a, an extremely shy, self-conscious kid. And I, I think, you know, for all of us, we just want to be heard and seen. But sometimes we're reluctant to show those things. We don't know how they're going to be accepted by the rest of the world. So I think I started in, in broadcasting because I think I, I wanted to be seen. I also wanted to share things with people. I wanted to be inspired as I was. I remember there was this disc jockey and her name was Maxam Sartori and she uh, worked at she was a, a DJ at this heritage Boston radio station called WBCN which is now defunct but it was they were the coolest people on earth and she would just know where all the cool music was and she was a tastemaker and she had this very 
um, low key enthusiasm about things. And I thought, oh, if I could cultivate that, you know, I could rule the world. So I, I think that I wanted to be able to inspire people um, in, in some way and be able to have a conversation with people, even if we weren't connected in conversation the whole time, there's an implicit conversation when somebody is listening to even our conversation. I'm hoping that people find a chance to find their way into our conversation, even though they're not in the middle of it in real time. Right, right. All true. So now you are a full-time voice actor. How does one get to be a full-time voice actor? Well, first one gets fired from their full-time job in radio. <laughs> <laughs> and, and knocks around for a couple of years doing some soul searching and doing some contractual work. And I worked at a couple of the local NPR stations in, in the Boston area and did a bunch of different things. And then at one point, somebody called me from a production company based in Boston and they said, hey, we have an audition going on tomorrow for some big mall. You know, would you like to come in? And I was, boy, I never heard of this thing audition for anything, you know? So I went to the audition and I booked it. So it was wow. five commercials and I booked the very first thing. And it's, you're a writer, so you will, I hope, appreciate this. Never book, you know, never think like because you booked the first thing or published your first book like easily. Sometimes when it happens easily, you find out, oh, it really wasn't easy. That was a fluke oh, yes, or, that yes. luck or, <laughs> or somebody just happened to like my deal that day. So I, I think for a while, like not much happened after that. And then I heard about these things. And this is probably 2005. People were starting to do home studios and taking control of recording because things were going digital and things were accessible. The, the hardware and the software was accessible to anybody who had a, a computer and a, and a microphone. So I decided to build a little bit of a studio in, in my house. And I had two younger kids at the same time. And I thought, well, this way I can work during the day. And at three or three 30, when they're home, I can be mom. So in a way it gave me the best of both worlds for several years. Yes. And that really, that was really how I got into it. And I, once, uh, you know, that expression, if you build it, they will come. Once I had a studio, I found people were calling me because it was a really cost-effective way for them to do it and not have to go out and um, book studio time that would have been more expensive and they could come directly to me. So I could kind of broker my own my own projects. And that was, that was fun. And I, I like that aspect of it, the sort of direct access. Yes. Now you have a mellifluent voice. Did you cultivate that or were you born with that gift? I think I was born with it. My, both of my parents, I think were very, my mother had really like beautiful diction mm -hmm. and it, it, a really, um, and she was kind of a character too. So she had like a lot of character to her voice, but my dad had a pretty low voice and he had a beautiful singing voice, mm -hmm. which I don't have. Nobody, nobody will pay me. <laughs> So, so um, I think part of it was that maybe it was like the 14 years of smoking cigarettes, not that I would advocate that, but that <laughs> probably did something too. probably nothing good, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's funny. So do you have to protect your voice then? And if so, how do you do that? I do, that's an excellent question. And that that's a timely question because most of August, I 
I had a cold, it wouldn't go away. I had a COVID test, which was negative. I went into urgent care one day because it had been two weeks and they took x-rays and they're like, oh yes, you have acute bronchitis. And so I still have a little bit, it rebounded. So I was, you know, doing the inhaler and the, you know, zithromycin, all of that bit. And by the end of August, I was okay. And then the second week of September, I had laryngitis again. So sometimes there's not much you can do except write on a pad of paper. You know, we're going to have to communicate, you know, like in the old days on, on a tablet, um, <laughs> a paper tablet and, you know, tea, um, you know, a lot of throw coat tea, uh, you know, water and lemon, honey, all of those things, a lot of lozenges, you know, I probably drink my body weight in water every day, oh, Gosh, you know, so just like keeping hydrated and I think resting um, and, and not straining, you know, we do so many things like all of us and we, it doesn't really matter what business we're in now because we all use our voices. Like you certainly do. You're an attorney and you, you must use your voice to present a case. Yes, you know, definitely. Doing mm -hmm. depositions and that can be a really that can be hours and hours long process to depose somebody asking right. the questions. Um, you know, any kind of presentation, the her story stuff. I mean, you are you have hosted that, so you're on every you know 15 minutes saying something. So all of us, I think, need to learn some vocal hygiene so that we're always protecting ourselves. Very true. And I have a friend who has a very serious vocal cord disease and periodically loses her voice and undergoes therapies to bring it back temporarily. And it's something mm -hmm. that I don't take for granted. I don't take any of my senses for granted anymore. Exactly. And I think as we get older, we really appreciate that. There's that recklessness of being a teenager and nothing's going to hurt me you know ha, ha, i i laugh at those warnings on you know the side of the cigarette pack because yeah. you know <laughs> because i'm 16 and nothing's going to hurt me or i'd rather be cool you know? exactly so, but i think as we get older we we value what we have sure sure i love how your website isn't just liz solar voiceovers it's Liz Solar, genuine storytelling. So you're more than just a voiceover actor. You relish storytelling. I do. It's all we have. Like, I don't know. I, I don't really have any, um, you know, religion or faith that I, you know, follow. But I do believe in our stories. I think our stories can save us and they can remind us and, and everything's a story, whether it's that 30 second commercial about, you know, your Chase MasterCard or, or whether it's like the, the epic story. I'm re watching um, Beartown on HBO Europe right now. And oh my gosh, it, it's, it's like brutal storytelling. It's, you know, brutal and beautiful mm -hmm. at the same time because our stories and, and I believe fiction because I also deal in that as as do you we you know our our fictional stories can be wonderful it's it's like Aesop's fables they they really give us a template sometime for empathy and kindness in ways sometimes that even reading the newspaper cannot true true you have a very rich slate of guests on your podcast called embark how do you choose your guests 
I mean, sometimes it's making the connection with people and saying, oh, I really like their story. I want to hear more about them. Because the more I meet people in the world, the more I know that there's a dimensionality to them. It's so easy to be dismissive these days. You know, everything is divisive in our national conversation or in many of our conversations that we overlook the fact that we're damn complicated. You know, we have many facets and I want to know all of them. I want I want to know the complexity of a person. And if people are more than what they do, people are more than their careers or their job titles. And I like to get underneath that. So I think I think that's there's no other really good reason. I think it's people I like, people I want to know more about and feel like, oh, somebody should know more about them. I'm sorry, my dog, and there's someone at the door. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have a recording studio professionally. So I will ask you our final question, which is what do you do to become your best version? Well, man, I, Marie, I feel like that's a trial and error. I, I feel like I'm always redefining how to be the best version of myself. I think so much of it just starts off with being curious about people and caring. I don't want to sound like all after school special, but, but, but caring about what, what other, not about what other people think of me, but what other people think about the world. I want, I want to know about that. And, and, and having curiosity about people and actively listening so much, we're just hearing sort of like the surface and not listening below the surface to what, what are they really saying? And, and I, I feel like the more I listen and the more I'm learning, the more I learn about myself and kind of the better I act towards people because I feel I feel like I can give them a break and even give them a break. There's one more thing. When my kids, you have children and you know, sometimes your kids drive you crazy and we're imperfect people. And I can remember one day my child, my younger son was about four years old and he was crying about something. And I was not having it and I was, upset with him and basically told him to shut it down. And afterwards, my older son is seven years older. And I said, Oh, I feel so badly. You know, I really hurt your brother's feelings. And I don't really know what to do about that. I don't know how to make it up. And he said, Mom, tell him that you're sorry. You've said that to me before. And it really does help because I know you mean it. And I think sometimes we're bound to, because it's, we're imperfect people in an imperfect world, we're, we're going to do things that are boneheaded or seem thoughtless or in the moment we're rushed. And sometimes it does come down to a, a sincere apology. And that that can really, I think, heal a lot of wounds. Absolutely. So, yeah. So those are those are kind of the ways, but I'm, I'm always working on that because... I'm never really satisfied, and I, you know, because I have a pulse, I, I know I'm not there yet. Well, I agree with everything you said, and I applaud you for recognizing the difference uh, between listening to someone and listening to understand what, where they're coming from, what's motivating them, and thereby learning something or potentially learning something by expanding your perspective in that way. I really, really admire that. And then with regard to asking forgiveness, it's something 
we often overlook that we need to keep our side of the street clean in order to have deep relationships with other people, to take responsibility when we're wrong and to do something about it. So I really admire that as well. And like you, I am also a searcher and I hope to learn something new every day and to not stop learning until I'm dead because that's what life is for me. That's what makes life worth living is there's so many amazing things to learn in this world and to grow and to reach our potential as imperfect, imperfectly perfect humans. We, I want to just drink fully from the cup of life. So I get the sense that you too are on that boat and uh, that's why we get along so well. <laughs> Maria, this has been wonderful. And I love that keeping your side of the street clean. Yeah. I'll carry that with me today. Oh, good. Thank you again for joining us today on Becoming Your Best Version. And I look forward to learning more about your work by following you on social media and on your website called Liz Solar, S-O-L-A-R.com. And uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much, Maria. This has been a wonderful experience. Thank you.